My name is Daniel Gomez, best-selling author of You Were Born to Fly. And if you want to learn how to define your best life and have the courage to live it, you should be listening to the More Than Corporate podcast with my good friend, Amber Furman. Welcome to the More Than Corporate podcast, where we discuss finding fulfillment, defining success, and living your best life. There's no roadmap to success, no one-size-fits-all answer to fulfillment. I believe it requires us all to be vulnerable and authentic about what we want to accomplish and have the courage to step out of our comfort zone to chase our dreams. Keep listening to hear stories from inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. This week I have an interview with Daniel Gomez and I had so much fun with this. Daniel has so much energy. It was amazing to be able to talk to him and just really dig into his story and where he came from and the journey from there to where he is now and the amazing life that he lives. Daniel Gomez is an award-winning business strategist, corporate trainer, and confidence architect and is the president and founder of Daniel Gomez Enterprises. Daniel speaks and coaches at events all over the world. His passion is to elevate businesses and entrepreneurs to achieve their true potential through training and coaching programs. Daniel has empowered his clients to build epic successes in their personal and professional lives. He is the international best-selling author of You Were Born to Fly, a book written to inspire and give people the high-performance habits and confidence needed to be leaders of their destiny. Daniel's high energy and ability to unlock the untapped potential in people have made him a highly sought-out speaker and trainer for top organizations, including the U.S. Air Force. He was honored with the Best of 2019 Award for his confidence coaching and business strategies. He and his wife, Mari Gomez, believe in giving back and supporting women whose lives have been impacted by breast cancer through their 501c3 nonprofit, the Mary Strong Foundation. Daniel is a true professional and easy to work with. I, again, had so much fun in this interview, and I am really looking forward to you hearing from Daniel. Really quickly, before we do, are you someone that feels like 2020 kind of got away from you? I know that I felt like that for a long time, and it's easy to get lost in the craziness that happened when our schedule was all upended by a global pandemic that none of us can control. My question for you is, did you take control of 2020 back or are you still waiting for everything to blow over so that your schedule can go back to normal. If you fall in that second category, I want to help you get back on track. I want to help you understand goal setting and time management techniques that can help you make the best of 2020. I also want to make sure that when we set those inevitable resolutions at the end of 2020, moving into 2021, that they are goals that are achievable and specific and that you have action steps on how to achieve them instead of resolutions that fail by the end of January. And then in 2022, we're talking about what we wanted to complete in 2019, 2020, and 2021. Let's break that cycle. Let's make the best of 2020 and set ourselves up for success in 2021. I have a five-day challenge that is designed to help you learn 
Time management techniques help you learn how to set very specific goals, help you learn how to leverage the time that you have to accomplish the goals that you set. And I am so excited to share that with you. So if you are interested in jumping in on that five-day challenge, go ahead and go to fivedaychallenge.morethancorporate.com. All the information is there. You can sign up. If you are in the Facebook group, there is a discount code there. It's MTC, as in more than corporate. So head over to the Facebook group, join that, or as a listener of the podcast, you're eligible for that discount as well. That takes the price down to just $24.99. $24.99 to learn how to make the best out of 2020 and the most out of 2021. I cannot wait to see you there. I know that there's going to be a ton of value in that for you, and I am really excited to have you along that journey. Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this interview with Daniel. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the show with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Amber. It's an honor. I'm excited. I've been watching your podcast and man, you have some amazing guests. I said, maybe I can fit the criterion just add a little bit of value from Ms. Amber and her audience. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Of course. So let's go ahead and jump way back and talk about what it was like for you when you were growing up and what you thought your life was going to be like. Kind of the what did you want to be when you grew up question. Wow. You know, I, I, I got to, so the memory that comes to mind is we always remember that memory from career day. And by you saying that, I'll never forget what sticks in my mind is we had one of the kids, I think I was either like in first or second grade, one of the, one of the other students, and uh, we were kids, and his dad came in, and he came in in his full firefighter, like, outfit, the hat, the 50-pound jacket they wear, and just everything. And I, I, I left an impression on me, and I was like, wow, how awesome would it be to be a firefighter? And then one other guy was a cop. I said, well, I don't think I would want to be a cop. But I think, I think just growing up in my own mind, what's playing through my mind is just to really be a, to be a firefighter. And then I remember the little Dalmatians with the firefighters hat. So I would say a firefighter was really what I kind of envisioned, but I never knew if I could possibly be one, to be honest with you. So it, it kind of seemed far out there. And did, so did you ever pursue that path or what happened after high school? You know, no, I never pursued that path. My mom passed away when I was 10 years old. And then when I was growing up, we kind of, I moved to San Marcos with my dad. And when I moved to San Marcos with my dad, it just, uh, I, I, I got accepted to UT here in Austin and I was going to go there, but we just couldn't afford it to be honest with you. So at that point came back to San Antonio and, just found a job, and little did I know that job I had. A, I was praying about which job to take because I needed to. I was going to go work at this grocery store called H E B, and to work at H E B, you needed to wear stiltos, and I didn't have stiltos, so I borrowed a hundred dollars to go buy some stiltos. And that very next like morning, when I was about to go, they called me back from this other interview I had gone to. So I was torn which one to do because H E B was established, the other one was a small company, and I chose a smaller company, and I became a horticulturist. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. I became a horticulturist. And you know what a horticulturist is? <laughs> oh, I thought you said agriculturist. I'm sorry. No. No. What is it? Well, horticulture has to do with plants also. Okay. So it has to do with like interior landscaping and just really um, horticulturing plants, right? Great growing, raising, and um, just hybriding plants, flowers, a whole. In- it was interior landscaping. We did like. One of our clients was David Robinson, which was okay. a, a spur here in San Antonio. George Strait was mm-hmm. another uh, 
client of ours and I actually, um, Tommy Lee Jones, they had a, some condos here off of Broadway and that was one of our clients. So it was, it was, believe it or not, people spend a lot of money on interior plants. Oh, I can definitely imagine. How long did you do that for? Almost 10 years. And why did you leave that? Because my dad was diagnosed with cancer and I resigned from that position to take care of him. And we started a piñatas business. So when I went to go pick him up in San Marcos, he was just, um, he had lost a lot of weight and they gave him a, they actually gave him about a couple of weeks to live, to be honest with you. And I remember going outside the hospital that day, we're at University Hospital. And I just started crying because that was my dad. Like I said, my mom passed away when I was 10. I was, so I, I knew my dad a lot longer. And at that moment, I just, it didn't matter. I didn't have a lot of money, but I, you know, I had saved up a couple of 20,000 or so. And, but it didn't matter how much money I had. It wasn't going to save my dad. And I just remember I told God, if you help my dad, I'll serve you the rest of my life. And by the grace of God, my dad is still living three weeks. He lived a year. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. So that was just, uh, that was the beginning of my first entrepreneurship. <laughs> <laughs> so when you decided to go back to work, did you go back into that same field that you were working before? Or did you do something different? Well, when my dad was living with us, I resigned from my job and we started a, a piñata store. So I don't know if you know what a piñata is, but um, down here in San Antonio and South Texas, piñatas are like huge for Hispanic, Mexican mm -hmm. uh, parties, birthday parties, and every time of festivity. And we would go down to Mexico and we'd buy like $3,000 worth of piñatas. And we bought a big old U-Haul Morgan box truck and we were setting them. We, had, we were actually doing really good. We got into grocery stores and it was going good. We had a storefront. And I really thought my dad was going to be healed. I thought he was going to live because he was getting the strength back. He, was, he looked amazing. And then just one week, he just kind of like it, it took a turn. And that turn was a turn for the worst. And I think the last like three or four weeks, he was kind of ill. Like he just wasn't himself anymore. And it happened like in November when he passed away. So that was like, of course, it's rainy, it's cold. The piñata season died down and. After he passed, I just said, I, I didn't want to do it. My wife goes, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. And by the grace of God, we, there was this other lady goes, said, you know, I'm really, I'm thinking about closing my store. She goes, I'll buy all your inventory. And it was just an, a miracle really, because I had like almost $5,000, close to $5,000 worth of piñatas. And she came and she bought, she, I mean, she paid me really good money. She gave me like $3,500 for everything that I had. And I said, she, I said, take it. So it was a it was a blessing in disguise, and after that, my my old boss said I was overqualified for the positions he had. I think he was just a little bitter. Doesn't it work like that sometimes? <laughs> Always, every single time. Um, so what did you do? You close. You you don't go back to selling pinatas. You don't go back to your old your old boss. What did you What did you do for work? Well, the good thing is my wife got her job back. I told her she was a manager at Home Depot. I said, hey, just go talk to them, see what they tell you. And I think my wife supported us for that first six months that after we closed the store. We had some money saved up, but I think the main thing was she got her manager's job back and Home Depot is a really good company. And at that time, my son was only 10 months old, so I stayed home to take care of him. So I spent a lot of just, I just really, for the next two or three months, I just watched Blue's Clues. Because it was, <laughs> like I said, <laughs> It was, uh, it was November when, like I said, my dad passed away. So Christmas time, November, December, I didn't really do much. And then 
January is when I really started looking for a job and I, I got a job. I got to say it was probably one of the worst. If I had to rate my job, I didn't have, I haven't had a lot of jobs, but I was in a call center for a Czech company called Clark American. Okay. And just being stuck in a cubicle all day stunk. <laughs> yeah, you had me at call center. Um, I, I know the call center life all too well, and I don't know that I could go back to it. So when did you decide that you had this passion for motivating and coaching and kind of working in that realm that you're currently in? I didn't really know when. I think what happened was when, after I was in that call center that I hated for about a year, I was tired of it and I was planning for promotion that would get passed up. And then finally, I just felt like a good friend of mine goes, man, get out of here. You need to go. It's like, it's time for you to go do what you need to do. Like your time here is done. And he goes, I, I really feel like God wants you to start looking for a job somewhere else. And I just started looking and then the automotive industry opened up to me. Then everybody thought I was crazy. But I said, well, what do you do, right? Just go try it. And But I, as soon as the first day I, I started working at a Chevrolet dealership and the first month I just knocked it out of the park and they thought it was beginner's luck. And of course, to me, it was God's favor. And as I just excelled, I, after I was a salesman of the year. And I just kind of just developed my selling skills, my closing skills, my people skills. And I had them still because of the, I was a manager at the interior landscaping company, but I think it just elevated it to another. But I'll tell you what, the car business builds your character and most people don't hang in it because it, I didn't, you don't realize it back then, but like, right. We talk about personal growth. It makes you grow. Yeah. And most people get in there and they don't want to grow because they want to just have that comfy nine to five job and, no, no. I mean, it, it, now that I think about it, I, I really, that's when I came to know Tony Robbins. And at the time he was called Anthony Robbins. I had bought his series on, on CDs. Yeah, way back old, when. I, yeah, Anthony Robbins. But that was, that's when my personal growth journey started. And as I grew up in the car business, I became the main guy after so many years. Well, even though I was the, the oh, I only answered to the owner, I still love to do the training, love to do the coaching. I never forget a good friend of mine in the car business, Martin Barra, said, dude, like go say something. You're a good motivator. And I was like, whatever, man. Like I didn't see it because I just, I wasn't. And when my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer, I resigned from the car business after almost 20 years. And I found an email that I had from a teacher that I had gone and spoke, spoken at a school. And it's the, the mom had emailed her saying, who is this car guy who came and my son's not the same. He's running around the house saying he loves himself. He believes in himself. And at the time I would go speak at these schools, I would take these Chevrolet caps with me. And that wasn't like a big assembly. It was just, I would go talk for like 15 minutes or whatever. But when I found that email, when I was going through this transition with my wife and her breast cancer journey, I started crying because I felt like God said, I want you to be a motivational speaker. And of course you tell your best friends, Hey, I'm going to be a motivational speaker. And you know what they say? They laugh. Yeah. For sure. I mean, there's, there's a lot of that out there in the entrepreneurial world, and I'm glad that you brought that up. There's a lot of, whether it's motivational speaking or you know, business ownership or things like that, where you tell your friends that, or in your family that you want to do something, especially if you don't come from a family of entrepreneurs and you get that, well, you can't do that. You can't make money doing that like mentality. So how did you push through that? What what was your driving force to be able to kind of put those voices aside and know that you could be successful? Well, I think it, I think it just, 
my wife thought I was crazy and, and, and take in mind, she's going to, she had just had a double mastectomy like three months prior. So she really thought I was crazier for starting it during the time of her breast cancer journey. Cause she wasn't, she wasn't healed to say all the way, but I just knew in my heart that that's what was my, that was my calling. And as I started, I, I did have one friend. I had like maybe two friends that kind of really supported me up to a certain extent. And then they see you making it. And then I went to John Maxwell and got my certification. And when I went to John Maxwell, that's the first time I really heard anything about coaching. I had never really heard coaching, but when I went there, they were talking about coaching. And then we went to the certifications and I'm like, dude, I know this stuff. They go, I thought you didn't know about coaching. I'm like, no, this is like, it's life group to me. He's like, what? I go, yeah. Cause we, in our, the church we used to go to, we used to be life group leaders. Okay. So I got my certification, but I will tell you that being there at the John Maxwell conference at the, uh, at the IMC with 2000 people that are positive, you're talking about people that are just, the energy was amazing. I've never experienced anything in my life. So you're having breakfast with a thousand people that are like just real, right? The positiveness. And there was this author that showed up. Hey, yeah, they were talking about a new book. And I'm like, wow, I thought like, I had never met an author before to say in person. So I said, man, how awesome would it be to be an author? I just said that to myself. Didn't really, but I felt it in my heart. When I came back, my speaking stunk, to be honest with you, right? I, had, I could speak. I had some natural talent, but it was raw. And I said, well, I know how to train because that's what I did at the car dealership. So I just put a training manual together for the automotive industry. And that's where I, I was my starting point. That's amazing. Um, so it was it, and first of all, I want to make a comment before we move on that you're 100% right about these conferences. The motivation that you get from being in a room of that many amazing people that are on different journeys than you're on, but you have similar values is unbelievably valuable. And the energy at these conferences is amazing. So for anybody that's listening that hasn't made it into the conference circle yet, um, maybe you haven't un- you haven't realized the value of of going. You should definitely check it out because they are pretty amazing. Yeah, it's, it's life for me. It was life changing to be honest with you. Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel the same way. So you started then getting into like training for um, put together a training manual for the car industry, and then kind of took that. Is that what you're doing now? Like training in the in the car industry, or or where did you take your business? Well, actually, it was, it's kind of funny you say that because the, the irony is I wanted to get away from the car business. And then I ended up, that's been kind of a half of my business to say. But as I was training, I, I, I got corporate clients and have my retainer leaderships. And then as I was growing, I developed my speaking. I developed my speaking and I practiced. I would literally get a brush and sit in front of the mirror. And um, I, I, we were just joking about this the other day. But a friend of mine goes, dude that YouTube video stinks. I wouldn't have hired you. I said, I know I wouldn't have hired myself, but we're <laughs> laughing about it because it's like, it, I had that on my website for about a month or so, but that's all I had because I didn't know any better. But it's, it's been amazing just to see the evolution of my speaking and then my training and my coaching. But I would say this, that I didn't, I wasn't the best, but I was just, I was hungry to succeed because that's the way I am. And the thing that really helped me was this, Amber, is that, I knew business. I had been a very successful businessman and I took an organization that was losing a million dollars to making a million dollars. So I understand numbers. I understand profit and loss. I understand um, operating costs. And most 
entrepreneurs, when they get into that, they have no idea. They, they don't even close their books or start their books, and that's where they mess up. And I think you can relate to that because, you're, you know, you're with your law firm, you, you, you know business. And most people fail because they don't understand business. So I understood that, okay, if I can do this, I can do that. I had a strategy. And the main thing is, is I had my sales background. And it doesn't matter what you sell. It doesn't matter if you're a lawyer, a doctor, if you're a printer, whatever you do. If your business doesn't have any sales, you're not going to make it. That's just yeah. the bottom line truth. So I knew that I could sell. So as I was on my journey, I just really practiced my speaking. And the big break came when I came back. I was John Maxwell certified. And I, one thing that I opened my eyes that I wasn't even aware of, I said, everything that they kind of taught us at the conference, I did at the dealership. Like, I know this stuff. But you just don't realize it because you don't, you're not aware of it. Does that make yeah. sense? No, 100%. So I got a phone call one day and it was the United States Air Force. And they're like, yeah, we're looking for Daniel Gomez and we want to see if he's available for uh, a training and a speaking for our officers. And I'm like, I thought it was somebody playing a gig on me. A, a gag on me. <laughs> like what's like, what hoax? Like, they're like, no, just what if you uh, want to just see his availability for these two dates, which one would work for him. And I'm like, who's this again? Like just so, so, Sergeant master so-and-so. And I'm like, and where are you from? They're like, oh, here, sir, we're Lackland Air Force Base. And I said, we're in Lackland. And they, then they, they said, like, the security hill, and I, I'm aware of that. I said, well, how did you find me? He said, oh, we Googled you. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure, right? So at that point, I love my, my website guy, Hector. I was like, really? He goes, yeah, you came up under leadership. So he goes, man, no, really, come down and see if it's something you want to do. I said, you know what? I would love to, to meet you in person, definitely. So I went down there. The stage was amazing, and you and I both know and if you don't speak on a nice stage, no event planner, no event organizer is going to hire you. And that was my really big break in the speaking world to where my wife, I said, you need to take the day off because I need you to come film this. And she filmed me. And that was the beginning of my speaking career. That's where I started charging locally $1,000 because I had trained the United States Air Force. And who can say that? Many speakers that have been speaking for years can't say that. Yeah. So it was, it was instant credibility. I had video testimonials. And one of my coaches that said, whatever you do, get testimonials. So I got testimonials. And as they say, that's all she wrote and the rest is history. You know, I love that story so much because it shows that, um, first of all, hard work pays off, even if you don't realize it's paying off because of the stuff that you had done to get your website to where it was visible. But um, I also love it because it just shows that, that opportunity is just like one moment away. You know, like so many times we fight for something and we push hard and, and we work and we don't feel like we're making any traction. Um, even though we are moving, we just don't feel like we are. And then something like that happens. And we realize that if we hadn't been pushing forward the entire time, then we still would have been left back somewhere where they never would have found us. And so it's that constant, like, keep moving mentality that 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 story brings out for me um knowing that that opportunity could happen at any minute and you have to make yourself be ready yeah and that's, uh, what i admire about you is i've seen you right i've been watching you because i remember you sent me a message a while back and like hey we have some same friends and i'm like wow like she has a podcast right and i'll be honest with you even though i was speaking with you know with um tom bill you and doing some great gigs with with um, Les Brown, I hadn't, I had shied away from a podcast because I was like, when you don't know something, you kind of get that intimidation. 
Yeah. And I was like, well, nah. I, my, my answer was just like, yeah, like it's not priority. And it really wasn't. But I had felt it in my heart that I wanted to do it. And then I would see you and I would see other people doing their podcasts. And I'd be like, I really need to start doing that. And I, 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 I had thought interest in it, started practicing a little bit, but I can't. Nah. Then my speaking engagements really took off. So I was never really home. But when this happened and then I saw one of your, one of your posts and then I saw um, Sean Douglas's post, I said, man, I really need to start my podcast. Like, what am I waiting for? So I just, now that we're here, it's like, do it. And I'm so excited because I'm doing it. I'm like, you know, I, I'm on, it'll launch May, May 18th is, the, is our target date. So hopefully we'll have everything ready by then. But I want to say, I really admire that about you. Amber, that you're like, like you said, you're just one, one episode away from the big break. And the fact that you're doing it, I admire you for that. And, and I want to just give you honor for that because it's, it's just amazing. Well, thank you so much. That means a ton to me. So your podcast um, is set to launch, you said May 18th? That's the, that's the date. It's a Monday. So okay. we're going to launch it that May 18th or May 19th. So we haven't definitely set the date, but pretty much we should be ready to go by then. It's going to be on Lipson and everything. So it's going to be, it's going to be good stuff. I'm really excited about that. What's the name of your podcast? It's going to be the Daniel Gomez uh, Inspire Show. It's really going to be about personal life and business. And it's going to be about confidence, consistency, and your convictions. The three C's is what I call it. And that's going to be kind of the format that we're going to follow and really see to help people, especially the season that we're in now and, and here with being in quarantine and everything is really to give people, because a lot of people, let's face it, I'm the confidence architect and many people have lost their confidence. And when you lose your confidence, you stop to act. You don't take action anymore. You freeze. You second guess yourself. And then once you second guess yourself, then that depression, anxiety sets in. And once you get in that depression, anxiety rut, it's, it's very, very hard to get a hold of. So my desire is to really help people to build up their confidence through our guests to find that consistency that they need. Like you just mentioned, you're only one episode away from your big break for somebody to hear that. And then you find your conviction and you're like, hell or high water, I'm going to do this podcast or I'm going to do this because it's going to benefit me and you're going to stand by your convictions. So that's going to be the format of it. Yeah, I definitely um, can run, resonate with that. I think we all can. You know, when we start something new, whether it's a Facebook group or a business or a podcast or whatever it is, um, you kind of wonder if anybody's listening right? In the very beginning, I actually went back and listened to my first episode a little while back. And um, it was a friend of mine. And I made a comment about how motivating he was to me. And he responded and said, um, oh, now you put the pressure on me to motivate your whole audience. And I was like, it's like, four people. So chill. Um, but, and it was back then like four people. And so to think about how much it's grown since just eight short months ago, back in August, when I was launching this, not even knowing whether anybody was going to listen or care. And then, you know, I just launched episode like 84 and it goes to exactly what you said. When I started my podcast, my podcasting coach made us commit to um, a certain amount of years. And I was like, I haven't even launched yet. And you want me to commit to years? And he says, yes, because there's going to become a, there's going to come a point in time where you wonder whether it's worth it. And I don't want you having that thought. I want you to say, I committed to this many years and I'm going to do it. And so that's so important, especially since we were just talking about being in that middle of that place where you don't feel like you're moving um, to get you consistently to that point where you can be ready for that big break. 
Yes, it's funny you say that because I was going over the, we were going over the format and everything for the digital advertising and we're going to have it on Lipson. And then um, my friend goes, Kim goes, um, hey, well, before you go, you have a homework assignment. I said, a homework assignment? I go, I didn't hire you for homework. She goes, no, I want you to make your dream list. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, yeah. She goes, I want you to give, give me a list of 100 dream guests that you want. And I thought she was joking. She goes, no, I really want that. You got a week to do it. So I got to work on my dream list. So definitely. So um, it's just, it, I'm excited because I just, I, um, like you said, it's just, so it's something I never thought I would do. I always wanted to, be, I always been a guest. I love it. But I think it just helps you to learn more about people and the more about podcasts I've done, especially being this, these last two months, it's really like, wow, I've learned a lot about yourself and everybody else that I've been on your show. So it's, I love it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun for sure. So I'm excited for that to come out and send me the links when you have it and we'll throw that in the show notes. As far as your book, I know that you mentioned that you went to the event and you saw um, people that were authors and you were like, man, that'd be really cool. Was that the inspiration to write your book or was there something else behind that? No, I hadn't, I had no, I didn't even want to write a book when I went to John Mack to JM. I had like, that was the furthest from my mind, but I guess that little seed was sparked in my heart. And I came back, I think that was March. And then by May, I was looking for a publisher and I got some quotes and I almost had a heart attack. And I was just like, what? Because like, keep in mind, my wife was going through her breast cancer journey and it was like thousands of dollars. Like, you know, maybe this isn't just, this isn't the right time. And then I said, you know, what the heck? I had gone to a, a, little, a little workshop is really what it was. And it was going to be like $7,000. I said, I really didn't have the money. I was going to borrow the money. And all of a sudden, I got an email in there. And I met, that's when I met um, Darren from 30 Days Self-Publish. And he goes, man, I'll help you. And his prices were like half the price. But what I love about Darren is like, it wasn't, even though the t his company's name is 30 Days of Self-Publish, it's like, you write it. But he publishes everything for you. He did my interior design. He did my exterior, my cover. And he coached me through that because I will tell you that there was a time that I wanted to give up when I was writing my book because it was just frustrating. But he, it was really a growth spurt that I went through and he helped me with the title and thus was born, you were born to fly. And that book has done phenomenal for me and I've sold so many copies that it's been amazing when you get these testimonials, hey, your book really helped me do this. And it's called, you were born to fly, be original, be the best you. But I think just this past two years that Be Original, Be the Best You has dropped off and everybody refers to the book, You Were Born to Fly. It's still the title, Be You, Be Original, Be the Best You, but You Were Born to Fly is what's out there on Amazon right now. And um, it's just been a great book for me because I love getting the feedback about how it's changing people's lives out there. That's amazing. And I can definitely resonate. I'm in the middle of writing my book. And if it wasn't for my coach, I would probably quit like 9 million times because you always think, you know, well, when I first decided I wanted to write a book, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. And then you sit down and you realize like all of a sudden you have that dread where you realize just how much work you have ahead of you. And you're like, how badly sorry, you realize how badly do I really want to do this? Like, is, it, <laughs> is this going to be so much more work than I thought it was going to be? Um, it's been such a rewarding process though. And so I'm interested to know from you, what was your favorite growth that you felt you got from writing your book? That I was smarter than I realized. Ooh, that's think, a good one. I think sometimes even for myself, 
at that point in my life, because it was two years ago, I was just um, forgiving myself for some things that I had done in my life, through my lifetime. And I think that because I hadn't forgiven myself and just the way I used to treat my wife sometimes and just really bring hope work home sometimes. Cause I ran, like I said, I ran multi-million dollar dealerships and I would want to be a, the leader here at home too. And it's like, no, it's, it's a, it's your house, not your, the dealership you run. So I would say that at that season, I was like, like, this is pretty good. And wow. But I, I didn't see it when I was writing it. I think I saw it like probably I, a couple of months afterwards when I really just read it. Cause, and I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't read my whole book. <laughs> I've read sections of it and people send me notes. Of course you read it when you're writing it. Yeah. But to say that I've read it from front to back. This is the first time I think I say this publicly, but I've never read it from cover to cover. And I just think because that's in my mind, I'm saying like, well, I wrote it, so I know it, but it's amazing that sometimes I'll go through it just to get some information like of what to talk about or what to teach on. And it's like, I wrote that, but it's, <laughs> it's in me, right? It's, it, it's in your subconscious mind, but it's just not on that top of mind awareness sometimes. Yeah. But when I go back and I, and I amaze myself, I'm like, wow, like this, I'm smarter than I really thought I was. You know, it's so funny that you say that because I was in a meeting the other day and somebody said, Amber, I just re kept remembering what you said a couple of weeks ago. And that's gotten me through the last couple of weeks. And then he said this, like, I don't even remember what it was. He said this statement and I was like, I said that? Like, it sounds like something I would think, but that's really smart. So, I mean, I guess I'll take credit for it. Um, but that <laughs> idea that like, we, uh, we immerse ourselves in this personal development and we surround ourselves with people that are much smarter than we think we are. And eventually that knowledge seeps into us without us even realizing. And then we end up sharing that without even realizing it because it's just become who we are. And so I love that I'm smarter than I realize because sometimes we just don't realize we've grown. Yes. Oh, and it's funny you say that too, because after it's like I said, we, I launched it and then uh, I had gone to another conference in Chicago and that's where I met my current publisher, Michael D. Butler. And we were talking about something and he goes, Hey man, he goes, I'm, I'm, let's relaunch your book. And I'm like, it's already launched. He goes, no, relaunch it. And now, cause I had, I was having trouble getting it into Barnes and Noble because at the time, right at that time, Amazon and Barnes and Noble cut ties and they weren't exchanging EINs or whatever it was. And <laughs> Barnes and Noble wanted you to use their publishing. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to spend 4,000 again. You're crazy. Well, Michael D. Butler beyond publishing, they relaunched it. I got into target books a million Barnes and Noble and then it took off from there now I'm selling books in China and all over the world which was cool so when we were in LA Michael's like okay I got the title for your next book talking about the automotive industry because Michael had seen my my feeds on LinkedIn and Facebook he goes dude you need to do a book on automotive I'm like no I'm not gonna do one because no we'll do one on sales so my new book sticker shop it's actually a on sales for the automotive industry, but the principles you can actually apply to any business. The storyline, the, the foundation is for the automotive, but it definitely, you can just change the word car to house, right? And it's for real estate. You can change the word from, um, from, from car to, to files and you talk about, you know, cases. So it's for, I mean, it's for everybody because let's get this, be honest, sales is sales, like I was mentioning to you. Yeah. So when you told me the name Sticker Shock, I was like, 
I need to write this book because I, I, I was totally against it because I didn't want to go through the headaches again. But as I was writing it, Amber, the words just came out. I, I was like, man, my grammar got a little bit good. <laughs> my grammar got better. Yeah. That, and I love that. I love that name, Sticker Shot. Oh, so when does that come out? Are you still in the publishing process with that? As a matter of fact, we did a soft launch um, March 6th for my, because we had our big business accelerator program that we just had here. Um, right before the COVID hit and we did a soft launch and we didn't do the final edits, but it was, it was pretty much 95% done. So we're in the process of getting the final um, edits done and we're going to probably launch it here within about two weeks also. So I would say by the, by the end of the week of, uh, of the 20, um, the 24th, it's going to be ready. So that's awesome. Yeah. So, so I'm excited. That's amazing. So if people want to get your book or connect with you for your training or follow up on this interview, where can they find you? Well, they can go to my website, danielgomezspeaker.com. That's danielgomezspeaker.com. And just go to contacts and you can uh, send me a message through there. You can email me directly at daniel at danielgomezspeaker.com. And the good thing about that is both of my books are also on Amazon. So you can go to Amazon and just look up Daniel Gomez and you were born to fly is my international bestseller that's going to pop up. And then sticker shock. Um, we just put it up there. We haven't done it. It is available on hard copy and on, on, on Kindle. So um, it's, it's, I'm excited because we got it up there. And like I said, some of the, we had to wait, move some files around. So that's good. But I have a free training, a free gift for me to your audience. If your audience right now is definitely, a, a, like I said, a lot of people are losing their confidence. So, if they go to my, my, my free page, it's um, Daniel Gomez Inspires with an S, inspires.com forward slash seven steps, the number seven steps, S-T-E-P-S. You're going to get my free training, seven steps to fly daily. And it's kind of the steps that I use in my daily routine every day. And that was Daniel Gomez Inspires.com forward slash seven steps. And then they can follow me on all social media platforms at Daniel Gomez Inspires. I'll come up on LinkedIn and on Facebook and Instagram. So I'm pretty easy to find. So thank you for asking me that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll post all of that in the show notes as well. Um, I want to take just a minute and shift the, the focus of the conversation to the second part of this podcast, which is about defining your own idea of success. And I always kick this conversation off by asking every guest how you define success personally for you. I think my idea has really changed. And I, I say that because when I was in the automotive industry, I was pretty selfish. I didn't see it. But since I ran the dealership and you're talking about not just your employees cater to you, but your vendors. So it's like you're kind of king of the king of the king of the hill, right? The game. But everything came so easy. And, and as everything came easy, I took a lot of people for granted. and. I was a great boss. I was a great leader at work. I always took care of my employees, but I think that somewhere along the line, I stopped appreciating, I think, just valuing people because things came too easy for me. So when I almost lost my wife to breast cancer, it really opened up my eyes. When I looked in the mirror and the busyness of cars and employees, I didn't have 100 employees anymore. And we weren't going out because she had a double mastectomy, so we were home. And I looked in the mirror, I, I didn't like who I saw. And I realized that I needed to make some changes. And I would say that now my true meaning of success is really just how much, like adding, in, adding value to people and loving them. Because 
we all need love and we all need value. And I think that that's what we were created for to help each other. If you think about it here in, in Texas, we had a big hurricane Katrina and Harvey in Houston, Texas, and it flooded, but it, you look at the news media, the news footage and people were putting kids in trash cans to save people. And it didn't matter if you were black, oriental, white, Mexican, like everybody helped each other. And like right now you see it in the food lines at the food banks. And we were created to do community together. I think we forget that. And I think that's something that I really learned now is to really just, right? That's why I'm giving away the free training because before I probably wouldn't have given it away, to be honest with you, because I think I bring value. But even though it is valuable, if it's going to bless somebody, why wouldn't you do it? Absolutely. Um, So the follow-up question to that is in relation to fulfillment. How do you think fulfillment and success correlate do you think that one comes before the other or do you think that they're entirely unrelated i'll say this because it just happened to me today because you asked me i went to the store put some gas and um blessed somebody there and the fulfillment came when i blessed her but i say the success comes afterwards because i will say how was your day i'll say it was a successful day because I was able to find fulfillment in doing something good for somebody else. I like it. I like it a lot. So we talk about so many, um, so many topics on this podcast that are important for entrepreneurs, everything from fear to getting out of your comfort zone and kind of pushing yourself. And so I always like to ask every single one of my guests for you Um, how do you make sure that you're challenging yourself on a regular basis instead of staying in your comfort zone? How do you make sure that you're getting out there and and consistently pushing yourself? Oh, that's easy for me. I think I'm always crazy and trying new things and I don't think about it. I think, I mean, I've made a thousand dollar mistakes. I made 3000 the other day. I made a $2,800, almost $3,000 mistake. It's, it it happens. It's just, you do it. And being in quarantine out and, in 2008, when the economy crashed, I remember that we had some money in the CD. And I was like, man, I should have bought some stock. I was like mad at myself because it's like everything down and I should have bought it. But I was, eh, I was comfortable. I was working. I was running dealerships. And I was like, yeah, I was making money. Didn't. But then when we got, when this came around, like the memory came back up. It's like, okay, dude, everything's back down. Like, what are you going to do? And I just had a CD that, that was up. And, but I was scared. I mean, even though like I understood the stock market, I, I played it before I understand it. Getting in it was very scary because it had been many years. My son's 20. So it had been about 18 years that I really had been involved in it. But I, you know, it's like anything else. Once you learn how to ride a bike, you always know how to ride a bike. But once you play the stock market, you kind of just, you, it comes back to you. So that being said, it's like getting, challenging myself to play the stock market and to be profitable and then to start the podcast. It's like, just do it, right? Like who cares? And I always remember back to when I made my first video, it's like, yeah, it stunk. It sucked, but I'm good now. So I figured, well, my past, my first episodes might not be the greatest, but they'll get better. And maybe I'm not as profitable as I want to be on the stock market, but, but it's scary because it's like one mistake. And like I said, one mistake, it did cost me a couple of thousand, but Today was a very profitable day, so you make it back and you don't give up. And the more you start, the, the, the confidence comes into competency. The more you do it, the more competent you become, 
and the more confident you become, but you just put yourself out there. But I'll tell you that I challenge myself every day because sometimes I got to slow down because I get ahead of myself. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Um, and, and sometimes you do it so much that you don't even realize that you're pushing yourself like that because um, I used to be the person before COVID hit that was always out doing something. And my family was like, geez, like, I just wish I had your life. And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, you're all out either dancing or listening to music or running obstacle course races. You're always out doing something. And I don't even realize it. It's just, that's become my life. But I know there was a point in time four or five years ago where the thought of doing any of that terrified the living hell out of me. So, um, I think it's interesting how you can adjust to pushing yourself out of your comfort zone so much. Yes. It's, and it's good for you because I believe this, if you're not, if you're not progressing in life, you're regressing. And if you're regressing, you're dying. Yeah. I 100% agree. There is no standing still in this life. You don't get to stay where you're at. So I believe we need to always be just growing and it's, it's, you feel better because I think the biggest mistake I made one time when, when back when we paid off our house, I, I had reached a huge goal and then I just kind of like some way I stopped caring and I didn't realize it, Amber, but I think that was a big, a big contributing factor to the fact that like my, like just my ego and everything that I was telling you, I stopped caring. So it's like, well, I was like, well, you know what? They can fire me. I don't care. Like, I don't like, I don't need to work. <laughs> that was my attitude, which is a terrible yeah. attitude to have. I'm not by no means am I promoting that, but I didn't see that. And then I say, man, that stinks. I lost about a year and a half of my life because I had that. I literally, I remember that I had that attitude for like a year. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about that is I know that we've all been in that situation where like, I just don't care anymore. They can do whatever they want until they do. Like, cause in your situation that you just gave, like had they actually done something and you were stuck without work, you would have started to care really quickly that you weren't working. Like you might think I don't need to work, but bills have to get paid and life goes on whether you're working or not. Um, and sometimes we need something to snap ourselves out of that. I don't care mentality because it's a lie. We really do care. Um, maybe we care a little bit too much that we want to acknowledge. And so we try to say we don't care at all. No, you're, you're, you're hundred percent right on that one. <laughs> That's amazing. So I love this conversation and I feel like I could um, talk to you forever about this, but unfortunately we're, we're reaching the end of our time. Um, I do always like to ask people, (laughs) I know, right? No. Um, I do always like to ask people if you could leave the world with one message, if there's, if there's like one platform that you stand on one message that you just feel like everybody should hear, what is that? Nothing is carbon stone. You can change anything you want to in life if you want to badly enough. Nobody chooses their parents. Nobody chooses the neighborhood they grew up in. But you do choose which actions and which attitude you take with yourself every single day. And when you realize there's another step inside of you, another level of greatness inside of you, you'll realize that your best truly is yet to come. That's amazing. I love it. Um, Before we wrap up today, I would love to do a quick random round. Let everybody get to know you a little bit. Are you okay with that? Yeah, let's do it. Let's rock and roll. I'm excited. Awesome. All right. So other than what you're currently doing, what profession do you think would be fun to attempt? Owning a gym. Okay. Like um, any particular kind? A ghost gym. Okay. Um, If you could time travel, where would you go and why? 
where would I go and why? I think I would go to Mexico to really go look at the the, Ryan, the Mayan ruins. Okay. It's real peaceful and the, and the weather's nice out there. Awesome. As far as books are concerned, do you like reading or listening to books? Reading. I'm a reader. You're a reader. And I'm a what, slow reader, but I read because I take notes. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same way. And I find that when I listen to an audiobook, I just get irritated because I get distracted and I know it's important. And then I go back and it takes me like four times as long to finish a, an audiobook. Um, <laughs> what book do you think you've recommended the most to people? You were born to fly. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely played, sir. Nicely I, I would played. say you were born. That, of course, that's my first choice. But I, I think the one that, for me, I read the Bible every day, and I think there's a lot of wisdom there. So I would definitely say the Bible is a book because it, you don't think about it. But Napoleon Hill, a lot of the principles that he talks about in Think and Grow Rich, mm-hmm. they're biblical. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. All right, and then lastly, I am a music nerd, so I always have to ask my guests, do you have a pump-up song that you listen to, something that you play on repeat that kind of just gets you going and set for your day? Yes, as a matter of fact, I listen to um, <laughs> Eye of the Tiger is my song. Don't make yes. fun of me. The old rock no. people, right? It is impossible to not get fired up when you hear those three notes. Like you don't even need anything else. You just need the (laughs) intro and you're ready to go. It's so funny with the amount of times that I've asked that question to people, I would say at least half of the time people are like, Oh, don't make me tell you this. Like it's my guilty pleasure of what I listen to. Don't laugh at me. Um, But it always turns out to be something absolutely amazing. So um, I definitely appreciate you taking the time to come on and chat with us. And I've, I've enjoyed the conversation one more time. If people want to connect with you, what's the best place to do that? Just go to my website, danielgomezspeaker.com. And you can send me a message with our contact or email me at daniel at danielgomezspeaker.com. And right now I'm giving away complimentary 20 minute sessions because people need prayer or they just need a little bit of hope. So I'm open to conversations with people and, and that's no cost to anybody, just my gift to them. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's been a great pleasure, Amber. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman. Also, I've created a Facebook community for followers of the show to interact with me and other members of the community. You can find that on Facebook at More Than Corporate. So go ahead and join that group if you'd like to stay up to date on podcast happenings and meet some really cool people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.